Last time on Four Oars. Cruising across the desert at high speeds, it kicks sand into the air behind it, sails wafting in the warm desert wind, the whirling of a giant fan pushing the ship further. Shadow, you spot something on the horizon. Captain. Yes? There appears to be something on the horizon. Yeah, boss, I can see it. Flaunt my claw in the direction. Hmm, very interesting. I'll spin the captain's wheel and violently jerk the ship in uh, <laughs> that direction. The sand sail comes to a sliding stop at the bottom of a sand dune. Hello there, stranger. What are you doing out here? I'm going to like hold out my empty canteen like, Water. Let's get him aboard this vessel, boys, before he uh, collapses and gets eaten by the sand nugglers. Of course, boss. Got it. And I'm jumping off the bow of the ship. Look at this absolute imbecile. Mm. Out here in the sun. So the three of you carrying Finch and his things get back to the ship. I'll uh, step down from the, the captain's wheel and approach Finch and... Hmm, very interesting. Where did you come from? I was in Somar. Oh, you're a long way from Somar. This is the Folorian Desert. Playing dumb. Folorian Desert? I don't even know, like, Somar. It's not anywhere close to here. I was I was in the library and touched something, and the next thing I know... I told you he's lying, boss. He's lying. I think he is crazy. I, I think he's I, drunk. I need to kill him right I, now. I'm not crazy. I am the bloodline of Heltrone. <laughs> you can't drink on this ship. I'm not drunk if I'm exhausted. Can we really not drink on this ship? You know that rule is only for Chudmar. <laughs> Does the crow fly west? Shake my head a little bit and look at her again like, yes, the, the crow, it, it flies west, yes. This one can be trusted. Mm. I'll nod. All right, well, she says we can trust you. We can trust you. Welcome aboard. <laughs> <laughs> The sand sail cruises across the sand. As the sand sail reaches the peak of a dune, it actually kind of ramps off of the dune a little bit and then comes back down like a boat crashing in a wave. And you sail for hours. But eventually, in the moonlight, you see a silhouette off in the distance. A very tall, slender silhouette. You've been searching for a week and you finally have found it. As you get closer, you notice this sandstone obelisk. You kind of approach and circle around it for an investigative look. And as you go around it, you notice the north and the south sides of the obelisk are smooth all the way up and down. On the east and west sides, there are slits. You bring the sand cell to a stop and see that these slits have like a, a large circle at the top. They're all connected to. The slit on the southern side is long and vertical all the way to the ground almost. The next slit is slightly tilted. And then there's another slit that's tilted more. And another slit, and another slit, and another slit. Total of eight slits that all have their different varying degrees going around this circle at the top. And it's going all the way around the circle? Uh, just the bottom to like bottom right, or bottom left, whichever side you're looking at. So just like that one quadrant, or the eight? Yeah, just an eighth of the circle has these slits coming off. Like the six o'clock to nine o'clock position. Yes. 
By Jove, I think we found it. Yeah, there it is, boss. That's a pillar. <laughs> We've been searching for this for 10 days, and suddenly we got this stranger here, and he, he suggests that we go in moonlight, and here we are. We found it. We found it, y'all. Pretty eventful day, boss. Very eventful. Now, what does this mean? It appears the moon needs to fall in line, as the map says. Perhaps the the moonlight needs to fall upon one of these here etchings to perhaps light something. Brilliant! <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll sit here and we'll wait for the moonlight to shine down. Is our sand ship parked pretty close to this sandstone pillar? I will say wherever y'all want to park it. Um, and but... how tall is the pillar compared to my crow's nest? Uh, much taller. Um... We'll say that the crow's nest is maybe 20 feet off the ground and the pillar reaches 60 feet above the sand. Um, well, I um, think we should all, you know, disperse evenly, see where the light's coming through, maybe follow that light through the edgings to see if it lights anything. Sounds like it should light our way to the next stop, which would be the ravine, I believe. What do you know about the treasure? I know nothing of your treasure. I'm just uh, looking at this map you have here and trying to make sense of the words. Well, I mean, I think it's a good idea for all of us to take up uh, different positions and watch the pillar from there. But uh, I'm going to stay aboard the ship and uh, whoever wants to get in the dunes, uh, (laughs) good luck. And I hope you don't get eaten by sand nugglers. All right. And I jump off. I'm also, I'm going to start walking around, looking at the different slits, trying to see if I can see a moon through any of them. Yeah, that's what I'm going to try to do. Like, I want to position myself wherever the moon is currently to see it through the pillar. Okay. Tell me where to go, boss. I got you. Well, uh, so, uh, that door is going over there, and, uh, Chug North's going over there, and, uh, this new one, uh, Lynn French, uh, he's going over there, so you go over there, and I point in a direction. <laughs> All right. So the four of you give me perception checks or investigation your choice it's gonna be a 15 14 Uh, 11 perception 19 perception finch you come through for everyone you position yourself on the west side of the obelisk as the other three are just kind of lingering about staring at the obelisk looking at the moon trying to figure out how it could work and you catch the moon moving into the circle of the obelisk at your position. And you kind of saw how it was coming towards the circle. And the moon to the circle is maybe like half the size of the circle. And so you position yourself towards the trajectory that the moon is going towards the horizon. And you find one of the slits. And as maybe 10 or 20 more minutes goes by, the moon starts to go into the slit from your viewpoint. And it's the third slit from the bottom. So it's like a straight up was 90 degrees. Then it would be like the 80 degree mark. And you position yourself further as, the, as time goes by more up a sand dune. And you realize that the sand sail is like maybe 100 feet south. And based of what you're kind of getting out of it, you're thinking maybe that it's pointing at the location you need to go. Captain, I, I think I got something over here. Oh, what do you have? Everybody. And then I'll just start to try and point at the moon and what's happening. And uh, I'm almost certain this is what this is for. I I think we need to go that way. And I'll, uh, I'm going to pull the the sand sailor like around. I'm not getting off of the the ship. Okay. So I'm just going to pull it around (laughs) to where Finch is. And then uh, as he says that, I'm just going to look to my three companions to, to see what they think about it. 
Yeah, I'll go to where he's at and look from his perspective, I guess. So yeah, all of you see this that go over there to look? It seems like the slit is pointing to a specific point on the horizon to the like north-northwest, so whatever degree that is mm. on a compass. I'm going to let out a big sigh <laughs> and get in Finch's face. You're supposed to be bad at riddles. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'm gonna, I'll pat Cherdinor on the back and be like, uh, we all get lucky sometimes. Okay, okay. You're smart. You're smart. I'll give you that. You're smart. <laughs> and then I'll turn my back to him again. <laughs> he's very smart. He's, he's solving this treasure map way better than any of us could. <laughs> no? I kind of take offense to that. <laughs> <laughs> You see the ha- the hairs on the back of Shadow's uh, neck start to stand up a little bit. My tail gets a little frisky under my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll uh, head in that direction. Yeah, we should find our ravine right over there, I believe. Let us go. All right, so uh, all of you saddle up again, I guess. I'll climb up on the side of the ship again. <laughs> it's my favorite spot. <laughs> Just hanging off the side. <laughs> Now cruising in the moonlight, heading west and chasing the lunar light, Captain Twizzlewicks at some point immediately turns the sand cell to the south in a hard 90 degree turn. Everyone but Twizzlewicks, give me a dexterity save. 22. 10. 21. 17. Everyone but Habibi succeeds. Habibi, you are hanging off the railing, still dragging your fingers in the sand, and as this turn happens, you go tumbling over the rail. Give me an acrobatics check to see if you can hold on. Eight. All right. So you go falling off of the sand sail railing, and you start to skid across the sand. Twizzlewicks, what you have found is that there is a ravine right there. And it is going north and south, and so you cut the sand sail real quick to the side as Habibi goes overboard. Baby! Whoa, whoa baby! <laughs> whoa, baby! And I'm jumping off after him. Wait, while it's moving? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so give me a dexterity save then, Chardonnay. 24. 24. All right, so you successfully tumble and roll off of the sand sail into the sand, uh, and you look over to see Habibi is, like, hanging on the ledge of the ravine. I'm going to just snatch him up. All right, give me a strength check with advantage because you're so strong. Now, by the way, Habibi is l- a little less than four feet tall. <laughs> so he is, he's about 90 pounds. 19. So you run over and you grab him by the wrist and pull him up with one arm. Come on, Bibi. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, mama! <laughs> and uh, so do you bring the sand cell to a stop, Twizzlewick? Yeah, I, I pull it over to a stop. I do not notice that uh, Habibi and uh, Ch- Chernar have jumped off <laughs> or fallen off because uh, I'm focused on the ship. Uh, so, yeah, you bring the sand sail to the stop maybe about 200 feet away because this thing moves pretty fast and you start to survey the surroundings. The ravine itself is maybe 60 feet wide. And looking down over the ledge, like you kind of walk over to the railing of your deck area and look down into the ravine, you don't see a bottom. Mm, that ravine is as deep as it is high. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, where have I heard that before? Hey, are you all right, Abibi? Yeah, Charles got me. Sorry about that rough, uh, rough stop there. I didn't want us all to go crashing into the ravine. It's fine, boss. 
I'm good. And I'll like, <laughs> like scrape some sand off me. So how do you all suppose we get across? I'm not sure if, if we're supposed to get across. It says beyond the ravine that reaches down as far as it reaches high. Um, beyond as in below or beyond as in across? What do you think, Riddle Man? <laughs> My first gut reaction was beyond in the sense of past it, distance-wise. It seems that when I was reading the second line, reaching down as far as it reaches high was more or less uh, descriptive. Mm. <laughs> yeah, see, now we got to get across. How are we going to get across? How far, How wide is the ravine? 60 feet. We jump it in, in the ship if we built a ramp. <laughs> how rule of cool can we get here? <laughs> well, how far do you think this ravine goes? I'll uh, look up to the sides of the ravine to okay. try to gauge yeah, how I'll far I'll try it to goes. look from my vantage point in the crow's nest. All right. Uh, give me a perception check. So yours with advantage. Shadow, since you're up in the crow's nest. 18. 17. Uh, Shadow, so you can see from the crow's nest, it reaches into the horizon on both sides, south and north, in this darkness even. So you don't see an end to the ravine in sight. There seems to be no end in sight, Captain. Hmm. That's not good. I don't want to abandon my sand ship. And also, thinking about it, trying to find an end could probably take too much time and you will lose the moon. Can any of you fly or cast fly? Yes. <laughs> I- is it you? Yes. <laughs> well, we, you know, Captain, we, it says there's a cave. I do not believe we will take your sand ship into a cave, so we might just have to abandon it at some point. It is beyond the ravine. Have you ever, I mean, this ship is pretty quick. Do you think there's any way you could get across with it? Have you ever jumped anything? Not a ravine that's 60 feet wide. <laughs> How fast does this bad boy go? Well, you've been on it. It goes pretty fast. Are you guys serious? You're going to jump the ravine in a ship? Uh, give me another perception check, Shadow, as you're up on the crow's nest. 22? Along the ravine to the south, probably about two miles away, you actually do find a small area of land that is sloped and facing the ravine. It transitions from the sand to like a smooth stone and has like non-threatening cracks on it. Hmm. Um, Captain, perhaps we travel south uh, just over yonder. There seems to be, um, something that might help with this going beyond the ravine. All right, everyone hang tight. So uh, Habibi's going to climb back onto the actual deck of the ship this time. You guys can't be serious. You can't be serious. Let's go! And we'll travel in that direction. All right, so you start moving the sand sail south. About a mile away to the south, you do find a small land-formed ramp. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, so we're going to fast and furious this shit. Yeah. <laughs> you were already talking about the family stuff before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, this looks like a ramp, all right. Oh, so you guys are serious. Well, how serious are you about the treasure? We're running low on gold and supplies. We're not going to make it that much longer. I'm serious about whatever you're serious about, boss. Well, that's a good first mate. Now let's slap him on the shoulder. Uh- 
up above in the crow's nest. Uh, Shadow's just looking, concentrating really hard to see if she can figure out the math <laughs> involved with making this jump. Pythagorean's theorem. <laughs> A bunch of equations that are popping up over her head. What? <laughs> I should kiss me every time. <laughs> Does fly work on a ship like this, or is it for people only? Only me. Only you. Wait, um, how much does this ship weigh? Is this another riddle? I mean, it's pretty. It's a pretty big ship, uh, but you're pretty, you're a pretty strong uh, bugbear there. Yeah. How uh, uh, hop off the ship? Let's see if we can lift it. All right. <laughs> I'll hop off the ship. <laughs> All right. Uh, give me a strength check. And how much can you lift, technically? Uh, I can lift 330 pounds. <laughs> I can pull or drag 660. Okay. Strength check? Yeah. Uh, two. <laughs> <laughs> you see him go over to the, like, to the stern of the sand sail, and he goes to lift it up, like maybe trying to lift a car to change a tire if he could actually do it. But his foot gets uh, all slippery on the sand, and he just kind of falls face, face first into the sand. <laughs> Well, pick yourself up there. Hold on. And I'll uh, walk over to where he stands, and I'll pull out this little, uh, it looks like a little remote control, and I'll hold it out towards him and hit a button, and it's going to shoot this, uh, we'll say like a bright blue beam at him. And as it hits him, he grows in size. (laughs) Oh, my God. I cast enlarge person on him. All right. (laughs) So now I am massive. 15 feet tall. Were you large before? No. Okay. I was just medium. Okay. So what does this do to your strength? It makes me large. I know that. So that would double my carry weight. So uh, give me another strength check, but this time with advantage. 18. This time you go to deadlift it, basically, because you're tall enough to get to that kind of position. And you are able to lift it to your shoulders, but it's hard. I mean, it's it's a heavy vehicle. <sighs> now what? I'm going to just be, like, basically breaking my neck looking up like, whoa, this again. All right, so this is the crazy idea, right? All right, you're going to cast fly on yourself, right? No. No. I thought you said you could do that. I said I could fly. You you can't. But only me. Well, yeah, you fly, and then we're going we're gonna to get a lot of speed going, and you're going to fly above us and, and above the ship. You're going to have a good tight hold of it. And then when we hit the ramp, you're going to help drag this ship over the side. Captain, this won't work. (laughs) (laughs) When I say fly, I mean float. Oh. You have levitate? No, I have gaseous form. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Well, that's disappointing. How how many guns were mounted on 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 this thing? Uh, the ballista, the very strange arcane cannon that just has a bunch of, uh, like rocks beside it that are probably between five and 10 pounds, but they're not like smooth and polished like a cannonball. They're just jagged ass rocks. And then there's, uh, the, the special cannon up in the deck or up in the captain's behind the cap's wheel. I'll, I'll, uh, captain, uh, how much kick do these guns give you? Well, uh, it depends on, uh, well, this one's just like a ballista, just like the big old arrow. And then these, it depends on, you know, what I use them for. This catapult here I use, I put these rocks in, and then I pull out one of these arcane batteries and slap it in, and then I, uh, boom, boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> okay, well, the, uh, the, the ballista isn't going to help us too much, but if you've got something with some boom, you know, that could give us an uh, extra little oomph as we were to take off that we could fire, 
behind us. And uh, then give me one second. I'm going to slip on my mini mining mitt, see if there's anything I can do to this ramp to give us an extra, like, angle. Okay, uh, sure. You could take some of the form and kind of give it a little bit more up. An extra little tick at the end to give us sure. some more air or something. Sure. And uh, I think I can do this and as, I, as I do it. And this, this should help us get a little more uh, distance. That'll help us. Can I put the ship down now, Captain? Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can get back aboard. Don't want those sand dugglers to get you. Right now? Well, yeah. All right. And I'm just going <laughs> to step onto the ship in my huge size. <laughs> um, Give me an uh, acrobatics check. Seven. So as you step onto the deck in your enlarged form, your foot goes straight through the wood planks of the deck. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> whoa! And I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll just hit the button uh, on my little remote control and uh, revert him back to normal size. Yeah, there is like a three by six footprint hole through the wood now. Oh man! Sorry, Captain. It's okay. If only we had someone that could mend it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I could do that, but now is not the time. So, can you make anything smaller with that? Yeah, or bigger. Well. Maybe there's some heavy things on board that we could shrink down to save some weight. Or what if we make the ship even bigger? It's the... <laughs> it's what, 20, 20 feet, you said? Yeah. So it would be 40 feet? I guess, yeah. If we double the size, it would be 40 feet. That's only 20 feet left. We'd only have to get 20 feet. Well, a little more than 20 feet at least. Probably half. You know, probably maybe 30, well, perhaps 40 feet across... Uh, but with a big, big ship, a big ramp. Well, what? the what? ship would be a little heavier. And the speed, I, I would be afraid, might get decreased. But the fan will be bigger. What if we reduced the size of the ship and um, Krogben, Churdnar, Churdnar, perhaps Churdnar could float this tiny ship Won't across work. the ravine. He can't really fly. He was fibbing. <laughs> I never fib. I just can't carry things when I float. He can't fly. He can just float. Boss. Yeah, baby. I have an idea. I know I don't have ideas, but I have an idea. Let's hear it. What if we reduce the size of the ship and increase the size of Chargnaw and he just throws the ship? He would damage the ship. And I've only got one more uh, arcane battery left. I know. I'm sorry. All my ideas are stupid. I know. (laughs) (laughs) What if we shrink the ravine? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I should. I don't think I can shrink the ravine. What if you enlarge the fan? Just the fan? Where is that? Where you get most of your speed and power from? He might be onto something. Damn it. <laughs> I like it. All right. Shadow, <laughs> BB, what do you guys think? Well, I mean, if we fell, we're all going to fall to a death. So, uh. Well, hopefully. One journey, one chance, they say. Uh, yeah, old Jack. I'll fall to my death with you, boss. That makes me think and smile hearing him <laughs> say that. All right. And I'll uh, turn and point my little remote at uh, the fan and click the button and uh, shoot out a little beam that increases the fan size. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, so as you enlarge just the fan, uh, so what it's connected to on the ship kind of bends as it as it goes, and you can feel that the ship is actually kind of bending with it, and you can see the wood creaking, <gasps> but it stabilizes, and it's fine. It's just there's a bend in the ship upwards. I hope this works, mister. All right, so what we're going to do here is... Uh, this is a skill challenge. Oh, shit. Um, it sounds like you all have decided to do some preparation. So what we'll do, I'll adjust the skill challenge in a sense. So round one won't be prepping or won't be doing a skill during the run up to the ramp, but it'll be preparation. So it sounds like some things have been made, some decisions have been made. Give me initiatives. So first up is Shadow in the preparation. Shadow, what are you doing to help the sand sail across? The DC is 12 for this round. Um, I'm going to use my perception to scout from above and make sure that the um, course that we're on is smooth and there aren't any obstacles that might hinder us from crossing. All right, give me a perception check. Uh, 16. 16 is a success. Looks clear from up here, boss. All right, full speed ahead. And then next we had your enlarge, yep. Captain Twizzlewix. If you so, want to give me so. an arcane check, the uh, spell attack with it. All right. It's going to be a 26. That is a success. And then next up we have Habibi. Uh, Habibi is going to use, now he's on the, the deck of the ship now, and uh, he's probably going to use his uh, stealth to... Get, get down. <laughs> <laughs> pulling a Doroth, I yeah. see. Oh, uh, no, we're not pulling a Doroth. This is a different situation. No, he's he getting to down to the rock music. Yes. No, it's not on yet. That's, that's on my yeah. It's going to be a, a 14. All right, that's a success. Uh, next up, we have Finch. Okay, so uh, I'll what I was saying earlier. I'll use the mini mining mitt, and then I'll go ahead and use uh, my dexterity saving throw with that. Okay, to craft it. All right, give me a dexterity save. And that's with advantage, correct? Yes, because you're using an item. Ooh, crit. All right, that's a two successor, so we're doing good. You extend the ramp a little bit, and then we go to Churdnar. All right. Would you count the speaker on the ship as an item? Sure. Thank you. I'm going to use my charisma saving throw of zero <laughs> to uh, run over to the speaker and say, this will help. <laughs> and turn it on. 16. All right. Nice. That is a success. So a full round of successes. So we're doing well, especially with an extra one from the critical. And uh, we take off. As the sand sail reaches the ramp at its high speed, hold on to your ball! <laughs> it launches over the ravine. Whoa! Everyone feels weightless. And as the sand sail comes down on the other side of the ravine, it it was close to like the edge where it could have slammed right on the edge and cracked in half, but it makes it just in time. And as you skid across the sand away from the ravine and celebrate the jump, you each turn and look at the ravine behind you. The smiles on your faces turn to fear. 
beetle-like creatures emerge from the ravine, rapidly sprinting across the sand. Some jump in the air and nosedive into the sand, disappearing beneath the dunes. Sandnuggles! Oh shit! <laughs> Oh, here they go again, boss. They're coming again. Habibi, man, the ballista. Dotto, how many do we have? Bitch, you have weapons? Grab that old ass flintlock. Get it ready. <laughs> what are these things? That's them, Nugglers. <laughs> <laughs> And roughly a minute later or so, you start to see the sand dunglers under the sand start to lift the sand up beside the sand sail. Lots of sand in that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them leaps from the from beneath the sand onto the deck of this ship. And I need combat initiatives. All right, up first is Finch. Okay, I'm going to use Sharpshooter and try and take out this thing real quick. All right. Hopefully I do it with one arrow. If not, you know, I got a second one. So. It's a uh, 17. 17 is a hit. All right. 19 damage. All right, so you take a shot with your arrow, and it flies into this creature. And as you're, like, aiming and shooting quickly without really looking at it, this creature is... Um, it's got two claws, like crab claws. It has a beetle's mandibles for its mouth. It has this really tough, gnarly carapace on its back, and it actually has wings that kind of flutter out as well. Its legs are all spiny like a beetle's, but it's just as big as you. So it is quite terrifying. And as this arrow hits, it goes into its carapace on like its abdomen and breaks through, and you see this like green ichor just kind of come out. It does not kill him, though. Here comes the second one. Sharp right. shooting again. 25. 25 is a hit. 22 damage. 22 damage kills the dungler. Bam. The dungler falls to the side, and Churdnar, you quickly run over and grab its body and toss it over. Bitch. And as you toss it over and it hits the sand, just in front of it, another dungler jumps out of the sand and onto the deck. And it comes at you, Churdnar, and attacks with its pincers. Does a nine hit? Uh, no. What about an eight? No. So the pincers kind of go at you from different angles and you dodge quickly with them and we go to shadow. Also, upon that happening, I'm going to use my reaction. All right. Uh, to use my halo of spores ability. Okay. Uh, I can use my reaction to deal 1d4 necrotic damage to one creature I can see when it moves into a space within 10 feet of me. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Uh, if it fails a con save. Okay. Con save. 15. Seven. So I just run up, throw the dead sand tungler off of the ship. The other one approaches me, and I just flex. And you just see, like, dirt and dust and grime just emit from me in every direction. <laughs> like a Neo when he's in the subway at the, the end of the, the first Yeah, one. when he's like, <laughs> <laughs> These spores go infest the dungler. And he takes four necrotic damage. Four necrotic. And up next, we come to Shadow. Looking down from the crow's nest, you see uh, a dungler that is attacking Churdnar. I'll use my short bow and fire an arrow at the sand dungler. All right. 15. 15 is a hit. 
Uh, 16 damage. It does not kill it, but it impales it deeply as it as green bile shoots from its body on its back. Since I did not move, I would like to invoke steady aim as a bonus action and give myself advantage on my next attack roll. Okay. Anything else? No. All right. And after Shadow, we are on to Churdnar. I didn't mention this earlier, but he has a club strapped to his back, like with pretty much like with a guitar strap. Okay. So I'm going to just swing that around and uh, brandish my club, and I'm going to use my bonus action to cast Shillelagh. All right. And then I will use my action to cast Symbiotic Entity. Okay. I can use my wild shape to awaken the spores that infuse me to gain 20 temporary hit points. I roll double damage dice for my Halo Spores damage, and my melee attacks deal an extra 1d6. Okay, so this is a buff for later rounds? Yes. Okay. So, uh, yeah, you see even more dirt and dust and grime just <laughs> explode from me in all directions. <laughs> oh, my God. As I, 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 like, I'm beating myself like a dirty rug, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Is there anything else on your turn, Churdnar? Uh, that will be it. All right. After Churdnar, we're on to Captain Twizzlewicks. All right. So as uh, Churdnar is beating himself in these... Uh, this dust and dirt and grime is floating off and probably floating up towards us. I'm going to pull my bandana up over my nose. <laughs> uh, I'm going to survey the desert behind us, I guess, or around us. Sure. Um, we'll say that you're catching like maybe 20 lumps in the sand coming up and down like dolphins in the water. All right. And they're keeping pace with us? Yeah. All right. So the first thing that's going to happen is my Eldritch Cannon is going to fire at Sand Dungler that's on our ship. All right. Uh, and that's a spell attack for me. And this is a bonus action. 14. All right. So f- that 14 is actually a miss. So it shoots out a uh, force blast and goes overhead of the double okay. And then I'm going to turn and whip around my Eldritch Cannon. And I'll reach down uh, and grab this globe that is glowing with like a bright violet light. And I'm going to put it down on my cannon and fire it off into the, the most concentrated group of these dunglars. Okay. Casting fairy fire at them. Okay. As All it right. explodes in a violet light and causes any creature within that 20-foot radius to blow. All right. We'll say you're getting eight of them in your blast, and we'll do, like, half and half. So four of them succeed, I'm assuming, with a um, 15? 16. 16. All right. And then the second roll was actually... Um, worse, so all eight of these dunglars are now lit up with fairy fire. So we get to Habibi's turn. On the deck of the ship, we have a dunglar that has been injured, and then we also see violet light shining from beneath the sand off the deck. Okay, so Habibi is going to see the cannon that the captain shot miss, and then pull out his short sword and his dagger and be like, I got you, boss, and then run up and attack the sand dungler. All right, so let's get those attacks in. Okay, so first he's going to attack with the dagger. Uh, that's going to be a 14. 14 is a miss. The, the dagger parries off of the hard carapace. Ah! Uh, he's going to attack with the short sword next. All right. With my extra attack. That's going to be a 19. 19 is a success. Six damage. Six damage. All right. It is not dead yet, but it's very wounded. And after Habibi, we are at the end of the round where another Dunglar appears on the deck from the sand, and I'll give it a 40% chance that it's one of the fairy fire ones. 31. So, yeah, it's under 40. So, uh, this one is fairy fired. And Captain Twizzlewicks, 
something terrifying scares you here. You feel a rumble underneath the sand. You look behind you, and three of you have only heard of this. Vizzlewix, testing your sand sail earlier on in your career, you've seen one of these. It is an ancient sand dungeon. Behind you, a tidal wave of sand starts to billow and build. And from the wake of the sand, you see the giant mouth and the giant mandibles of this gargantuan sand dungler chasing your ship along with all of its little babies. You will want to keep this dungler at bay in some way or form on every turn. It's the King Dungler! And we are back at the top of the round with Finch. I'm going to kill this this one that's that's fairy fired or whatever. All right, so you have advantage on this attack. So that's 23, Dave. 23 is a hit. 28 damage. The arrow pierces deep. It goes like through its shoulder and all the way out the other side, but it does not kill it. It is hanging on to it by a thread, though, as it kind of falls to a knee and stabilizes itself with a claw on the railing. I'll go ahead and uh, pop the second shot. All right. I'll, I'll do this one as I'm walking forward to look cool. And because I'm making my way towards the back of the ship now to get ready to fight the big guy. All right. The execution. Crit. Mm, the execution. Right, he's dead. <laughs> he's dead. Unless you want to roll damage, uh, it does die. Cool. So, yeah, you kill the dungler and it falls limp on the deck. Well, it was hanging onto the railing, so we'll say, like, it falls off the railing into the sand and sand kicks up as it splashes into the sand. All right, how, do you, how far do you want to move back? I guess I'll dash so that I can get to the very back of the boat and just right. be ready for it now. So, Twizzlewix, you watch as Finch uh, kills another dunglar and uh, starts to run towards the back of the deck and he sprints really quickly all the way to the back and he takes aim with his bow at the ancient behind you. Oh wow, you were really fast. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just look over and nod. (laughs) And as we move on to the next turn, which is the the dunglar, another dunglar pops onto the deck and 40% chance for 39. Another fairy fire one. Another fairy fire one. Uh, this dunglar attacks attacks you, Habibi, with its pincers. This will be a 21. That hits. And a 11. I'm sorry, 13. 13, miss. So the damage is going to be five slashing damage. I would like to use my reaction to parry, and it lets me roll a, a, a d8 plus four and reduce the damage by that. All right. So... <laughs> So that's going to be an 11. So you take no damage as you parry the claw away. Yeah! And the second Dunglar runs up and attacks you, Churd, uh, getting you flanked. That's going to be a 17 on the pincer. Fender wins. And a 15. So another miss. Wow, these little six characters are actually kind of tough, huh? That's the end of the Dunglar's turn. And we move on to Shadow. There's now two below yes. Shadow. And the one near Churd <laughs> is uh, looking pretty rough, right? Yeah, the one towards the front of the ship is the one that looks the roughest. But the one that's behind Churdnar is uh, lit up in violet light from Fairy Fire. I'd probably assume that Churdnar's got that one. And I'll spin on my heel and uh, 
shoot another arrow at the new fairy fire. Okay. So give me an attack with advantage. 22. 22 is a hit. So uh, damage with sneak attack. 21 damage. All right. 21 to the fairy fired Dunglar. Does not kill it, but again, you get a deep arrow into its carapace. And uh, is there anything else you'd like to do on your turn, Shadow? No movement, so you want to use the bonus action again? The steady aim for the next round? Sure. Might as well, just in case I don't get a sneak attack. All right. And after Shadow, we are on to Chardnar. All right. You and Habibi are both surrounded by two Dunglars that are very wounded. I'll use my bonus action to cast a spell, which will be Hex. Okay. Uh, on the Dungler that I had attacked previously. Uh, so I'll just look at him and in his face and cast Hex. Uh, and then I will make an attack with my club. All right. For a 15. 15 is a hit. Uh, for 14 points of magical bludgeoning damage. 14 kills it. Uh, and then I will turn around and use my reaction to uh, burp in this other one's face. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So he makes a con save. All right. DC 15. Critical miss. So whatever it does, double it. Mm. Wow. <laughs> and he takes four points of necrotic damage. All right. God, what is what died in you? What is up All right. Uh, it does not kill him, but he is indeed grossed out by your burp. And after Chernar, we're on to Captain Twizzlewicks. There is one Dunglar on the deck, and then an ancient chasing behind. All right. My Eldritch Cannon, the, the one that's on its mechanical legs behind me, is going to make an attack at the uh, Ancient one. All right. Ten. Ten is a miss. Uh, and then I'm going to swing around with my Arcane Firearm and kind of rush forward, and I'll grab another globe that's glowing with the orange energy and shove it inside my cannon and let off a firebolt. And this is at the Ancient as well? Uh, no, this one is at the one that's on the deck. Okay. Twenty-two. Twenty-two is a hit. Uh, 20. Uh, 20 kills the Dunglar. So you blast fire from your hand cannon, and uh, it basically just completely explodes this Dunglar as you over damage it by a lot. And it explodes, and green ichor goes all over the deck everywhere. It covers uh, Churdnar and Habibi. Churdnar is probably like rubbing it into his fur. <laughs> yeah. I was, like was mid burp, so it goes in my mouth. <laughs> oh my God. And it tastes wonderful to you. Yeah. <laughs> After Captain Twizzlewicks, we're on to Habibi. Habibi is probably going to run up the deck to where the captain is. I'm right here, Captain. I mean, bo- I mean boss. Bo- boss. He's probably going to end his turn there because uh, he doesn't have anything he could do against the Ancient right now. <laughs> All right. Um, and so as we get to the end of the round, the Ancient moves 50 feet closer to the Sand Sail, and its mandibles are like casting a shadow from the moon down onto the Sand Sail itself. And it is terrifying how large this thing is. The Sand Sail itself could fit inside of the mouth of this thing. And as the end of the round comes, we also have more Dunglars pop onto the deck. Three Dunglars now on the deck and back at the top of the order with Finch. All right, so I'm gonna take a real hard look at this ancient fella and kind of like start from the bottom and look up. It's like, oh my God. And uh, I'm gonna sharpshoot again. All right. One. 21 is a hit. 21. 
21 damage. One point over what you need. You shoot an arrow and it hits the eye of this ancient Dunglar and it stutters in its approach towards you and it loses 50 feet of ground behind the sand sail is now 100 feet back and you still have your turn. Well, there's there's two folks around me. I'm going to keep aim on this big guy. I'm not going to sharpshoot this time in hopes of landing the shot better. All right. And that is a 26. 26 is a hit. Uh, eight damage. All right, so you give another eight damage to this ancient one behind you, and it doesn't stutter in its step this time. It does kind of, the arrow does maybe find like a crease in the carapace of it, but it doesn't seem to stutter from this arrow this time. And we move on to the Dunglars. Uh, one of them approaches you, Captain Twizzlewix, and attacks. One pincer is going to be a 17. I'm going to use my reaction to slap my belt, and a little disc is going to pop up and extend outwards in front of me and block the attack. All right. Casting shield. Nice. Uh, the second attack comes in for a 10, which will also miss, I'm assuming. Uh, so you defend yourself against the young Dunglar. Uh, Chardnar, uh, two, the two Dunglars that were on the lower deck come and surround you, flanking you. One pincer is going to be a 21. as a hit. Second pincer is going to be a 15. Miss. Third pincer is going to be a 25. Hit. The fourth pincer is going to be a 19. Hit. So three hits. 21 slashing damage. Damn, that sucks, bro. <laughs> Shit. Uh, you see my uh, mold and mildew and dust sort of like disperse as these pincers hit me or whatever. And I lose my symbiotic entity. Oh, that's what you were talking about. Yeah. yeah. It kills your temporary HP. Yeah, I had 20 in it. And Whatever. after the Dunglars, we go on to Shadow's turn. Okay. Well, I'm kind of tired of being up in the crow's nest as, as much as I like being safe and high up. I will do a backflip off of the crow's nest. I'll pull out under my arms uh, two of my daggers and... Uh, attempt to land with both daggers in the sides of the dunglers. Okay. Let's see. Let's do an acrobatics check. 13. All right. With that acrobatics check, uh, it's not as graceful as you were hoping, so you will take some fall damage coming down onto the top of this dunglar. It'll be three falling damage. And as you fall down onto it, you have daggers pointing down from your hands and you take stabs with those daggers, I'm assuming? Yeah. All right, so give me some attacks on this fairy-fired Dunglar. 18. 18 is a hit. Ooh, crit. Critical is also a hit. Roll a d20 for me for the critical chart. 14. Max damage plus a die. Okay, 17 plus 27 damage. 27 damage. It does not kill the Dunglar, but oh it uh, does wound it a lot. It, and I looked moderately cool. And you looked moderately cool as you landed on the body of this Dunglar. I'll uh, turn to Shadow as uh, she does that and say, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll turn back to the sand bungler and spit on him. <laughs> the one that she just attacked? Yes, so he makes a con save. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, shit. Is this a reaction? Yeah. Critical miss. Oh, no. <laughs> and he takes two necrotic damage. <laughs> so two damage. Uh, damn. One damage short. <laughs> ah. 
Uh, this bile shits from you, and then you see like a acidic steam come off of it. And Chardonard is now your turn. Um, regardless of what just happened, Shadow smiles for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use my bonus action to put Hex on this beetle. And then I will... Actually, no, I'll put it on the oven. Uh, and then I'll use my action to slap the beetle. The, the... one that uh, Shadow just attacked. All right, so give me the attack. Uh, for a 17. 17 is a hit. And he takes six points of damage. This kills him. How does this slap kill him? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go like, uh, so the deck or the side of the ship is to my left. So I'm just going to take my, my right hand and go with the slap. But I'm just going to transition it into a hit off of the ship. All right. So as you hit him off the ship, he dies midair. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. He splashes into the sand. The sand kicks up where he lands. And after Chernar, we're on to Captain Twizzlewicks. All right, so for my bonus action, I'm going to have my Eldritch Cannon launch a shot at the Ancient One. Its range is 120. All right. Uh, that will be a 25. 25 is a hit. Need 11 damage. There you got 11. Let's go. Easy. Easy. Ah, two. <laughs> but it does push the target back five feet. <laughs> 105. All right, so now the ancient one is 105 feet back. After Captain Fizzlewicks, we're on to Habibi. Habibi is going to rush towards the beetle that is on the upper part of the deck and pull out his dagger and go for an attack. All right, you have advantage because it has fairy fire on it. Ooh, this is true. Ooh, that's going to be a 24. 24 is a hit. Uh, that's going to be seven damage for the dagger, and then he's going to uh, and attack with a short sword. That's going to be a 14. 14 misses. The short sword deflects off of the tough carapace. And after... Habibi, we're at the end of the round, and this is where things get terrifying. Yay. As the ancient sand dungler launches itself out of the sand, wings flutter out to the side, and it is now flying above you, about 50 feet diagonally behind, and it looks like it's about to dive bomb into the sand sail. Here you can choose to make a skill to help the sand cell move along or continue combat with the sand dunglers or the ancient sand dungler. And we are at the top of the round with Finch. Alright, here we come with the sharpshoot. The first one misses. 17. 17 is a miss. Mm. Good to know. The arrows do fly true. They just deflect off of this insect-like creature's body. And after Finch, we are on to the Dunglars. One attacks you, Habibi, for a 13. That is a miss. And since he did miss, I would like to use uh, a reaction to repost. All right. 23. 23 is a hit. 12 damage. 12 damage. Add on to the already wounded. Uh, it does not kill him, and he angrily comes in with his second attack on you for a 17. 
That is a hit. This will do seven damage to you. Okay. And after that, Dunglar, we go to the second one, which attacks you, Chunglar. 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 Dunglar. Chunglar. The Dunglar. Chungus. <laughs> the second one attacks you. <laughs> Chudnar. Chudnar? Churd or Chud? Oh, Churd. Yeah, Churdnar. <laughs> whatever. Just call me whatever. The second one attacks you, Churdnar. The first attack comes in for a nine. Miss. Second one is a 26. That's a hit. For eight slashing damage. And after the Dunglars, we are on to Shadow. I'll come around the other side of the mask to see if I can flank the uh, the Dunglar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can flank the Dunglar. And I will do my dagger attack again, um, just in the sides of the body where I see all this green ichor coming out. All right, this one is not fairy fired, but you do have a flank, so it is advantage still, so. First one's a 23. 23 is a hit. Second one is 24. 24 is a hit as well, so you'll roll damage. 25, 26, 20, that's 27 damage. 27 damage. And this one has not been injured, right? It has not. So the two daggers go into the sides of this Dunglar and green bile shoots from it again, but not enough to kill it. It's never enough. Churdnar, you are up. How rough does it look? It looks rough. I'm gonna burp in its face again. <laughs> That's my reaction. <laughs> Alright. Uh, DC 15, con save. This is gonna be a 20 on the con save. Uh, 23, actually. He's getting used to it. Alright, well, I guess I'll hit him with my club. Alright. For a 17. That is a hit. Uh, for eight bludgeoning slash necrotic damage. This kills him, and you hit him upside the head with your club and then take his body and throw it off the side? Yes. How far away is that other one, would you say? 35 feet away. Perfect. I'll run 30 feet to him, and with my long reach, uh, I have an extra five feet of reach Okay. my melee attacks, so I'll use my bonus action to uh, slap him. <laughs> <laughs> so as uh, Shardar gets right beside Habibi. He's going to ah! <laughs> react to his smell. Or a 13. 13 is a miss. This slap is just, the reach isn't long enough at all. You just kind of swipe a little too short. Mm. Captain Twizzlewicks, we're on to you. So I'm going to rush forward to the strange uh, cannon-like contraption on the right side of the deck, and I'm going to grab one of the rocks that looks like it weighs maybe around five pounds shove it inside this cannon, and then I'm going to grab uh, this little half-globe-shaped contraption and slap it into this indentation onto the cannon. Glows with like a blue light, kind of powers it up. And I'm going to turn the cannon up towards the uh, king, and uh, I'm going to use a catapult spell. Alright. It just gets hit. It's got to make a dex <laughs> save. Mm -hmm. uh, the dex save is a 15. Oh, nope, sorry. 12. Ooh, he failed. All right. Could be could be enough to stop it, though. 13 points of bludgeoning damage. All right, 13 bludgeoning damage. The catapult spell of this rocky, jagged rock shot into the air. It collides with the ancient sand dungler that's flying above your ship just about 40 feet behind at this point. And as it hits the face of this dunglar in the air, the Dunglar just nosedives and it's about to hit the ship as the ship just kind of weirdly boosts itself. And the fan just starts rapidly going so much faster as sand pushes 
the same sail up and you can see the ground as the nose dive of this same sail as it gets vertical the, the mast is facing forward instead of the, the bow of the ship and all of a sudden you all see black as you hit sand That goes through the east and west sides. Oh, okay. This lets go all the way through the obelisk. Uh, what what side do we shit on? <laughs> <laughs> Whichever side you want, my friend. <laughs> As Captain Twizzlewix goes to the starboard side of the ship, <laughs> drops his pants and reaches his ass over the rail. As, as long as you're covering your tracks, I think we're all safe here. <laughs>